Good morning. I wish you a happy and a holy Christmas. The reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Wollongong Baptist today. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here. Can I say a special welcome to you? If you're a guest with us today, if it's your first time here with Wollongong Baptist, we're so pleased to have you. And uh, let me take the opportunity to wish you a happy Christmas. Uh, I wonder how many times uh, you have already heard those words this morning, maybe already said those words to others. We say those words a lot at this point of the year, don't we? Happy Christmas. Uh, in all month long, probably, you've said that phrase hundreds of times in every Christmas card you've signed and given out, Happy Christmas, as you pass your neighbour in the street, Happy Christmas. Every shop and service station you go into all month long, that phrase is sung at you, Happy Christmas, Happy Christmas. Uh, whatever your plans are today, I'm pretty sure that every handshake, hug and high five will come with it, a Happy Christmas. In fact, I reckon we hear those words so often that perhaps from time to time we get a little bit anaesthetised to them. Uh, and actually, I imagine that there are some people here today for whom those words are hard to say. That this year it feels like perhaps through gritted teeth you are going to be saying, Happy Christmas. Because life feels rather unhappy for you at the moment. Let me take a moment just to ask you as we begin what is it that would make this year? a genuinely happy Christmas for you. 
What would it take for this Christmas to be genuinely happy for you? Uh, if you're going to move on, you could make it all the way down to Nilambuk in northeastern Melbourne uh, by the end of Christmas Day. Uh, that LGA in northeast Melbourne was recently voted as the happiest place to live in Australia, according to some research that came out of Bond University in Queensland. Perhaps a happy Christmas waits for you in Nilambuk. Or perhaps if that seems a bit impractical, you don't want to go that far, maybe your bar for a happy Christmas is a little bit lower today. Many of us will think perhaps that a happy Christmas looks like a little bit of relaxed time with our families. Or, or perhaps that gift that you've been you know, dropping hints about for the last six months, maybe that'll show up later today. Maybe just some peace and quiet. No more fighting at home for a day. Or a stint of good health. Wouldn't that be a happy Christmas? The trouble is, as I'm sure you know, we can't guarantee any of those things, can we? Because family time might not be the relaxed oasis that we've been hoping it would be. That gift under the tree might not be that present we've been holding out for. You know, that's a real joy killer, isn't it? You have to open that present that you didn't want and put on that smile. Oh, it's, thank you. Slowly. Just what I wanted. The peace and quiet may never come. And even if it does, it never seems to last very long. The arguments might continue. The health might not improve. And then soon January will swing in like a demolition ball and any fleeting happiness that we might have found this season will dissipate into thin air. But this morning, for the next 20 minutes or so, I just want to show you from the Bible why it is that we can actually say Happy Christmas this year and mean it. We're going to discover news which, if true, means that even if everything else falls apart this Christmas, this stands firm and it guarantees that even if it is through tears, you can say, Happy Christmas. Let me pray for us as we begin. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this wonderful time of year where we get to remember your son Jesus being born 2,000 years ago. We pray for this time now as we look at your Bible that you would help us to make sense of Christmas and to see why it is such good news. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before we get to the point where we can say Happy Christmas, we need to come to grips with the real essence of Christmas. And to do that, we've got to look at the two names that the baby in the manger is given in the passage that we've just read. As we look at those two names, we will discover, first of all, the what of Christmas this is our first point. And we see that in the name given to him, Emmanuel, the what of Christmas. Uh, after describing kind of the backstory between Mary and Joseph uh, in the lead up to the birth of Jesus, the narrator kind of pauses his account and he takes stock. And he says this from verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The prophecy that he mentions there is from the Old Testament, some 700 years before the birth of Jesus, which was a promise that one day God himself would enter into history to be with his people. Uh, that is the astounding claim that's at the heart of Christmas, that at this moment in time, at this particular place, God did exactly that, exactly as he had promised he would do. The creator entered into creation. The author wrote himself into the story. 
That is what is going on in that manger scene, on the front of every Christmas card you've seen this season, on that nativity scene in the shop window as you walk by. It is telling you that this is the moment in which God made himself a native of earth, leaving his home in heaven to dwell below. The immortal, invisible, all-powerful God taking on flesh, becoming a weak and helpless baby, Emmanuel, God with us. And I wonder as you consider just the, the wonder of that statement, do you feel surprised at all by that prospect? Does, does that idea of God with us square with your idea about who God is? I think most people actually think of God as anything but with us. God is the opposite of with us. God is probably to most people pretty aloof, pretty hard to get hold of. You know, is God powerful? Most people probably would say, yeah, I think he is. Uh, is he wise? Well, perhaps. Is he good? Well, jury's out. Is he close? Is he nearby? No, of course not. Where's the proof that God is nearby? I live my life and I don't see any evidence of God near me. He isn't here wherever he is. It's certainly not here. I think that's what most people would conclude about God. And so most people choose to live their life without reference to that God who seems so distant. But friends, do you see that Christmas tells you that even if you choose to live your life without reference to God, God doesn't live his life without reference to you. If you think about it, God has gone to incredible lengths to be with you. God's not like some politician who just kind of swoops in for a handshake and a photo op and then gets back into his armoured limo and skedaddles. No, God has stooped down to the gutter that we live in to meet us. In fact, as you read the stories of Jesus as he grew into a man, you read in the four gospel accounts in the Bible of him experiencing all of the sorrow and the grief and the sadness that we experience in this world. I mean, I often find it hard enough just to get myself out of a comfy chair to lend some assistance to someone that I love. <laughs> Think how much greater lengths God has gone to, to be with us, leaving his perfect heaven, taking on flesh, sharing in our humanity, subjecting himself to all the mess of this broken world. Why? To come to us. God does not want to be far away from you this Christmas, Christmas shows us that he wants to be close to you. Emmanuel, God with us. That's the what of Christmas. And that's all very well and good, but we still have to understand why. Uh, we've got to work out why God came all the way down here in order for us to be able to say happy Christmas, I think. Why did God do this? Well, some might say that it was, it was to show us an example of, of how we ought to live. We look at Jesus, we see how we ought to live. Some will say that God came down so that he could sympathize with us and he would understand all of the, the pain that we experience in our lives. Some would say that God came down in order just to show us a little bit more about what he's like. And certainly all of those things are true, but they're not the ultimate reason why Jesus was born. We find the ultimate reason when we look at the other name, that he is given. This baby, the why of Christmas, we see it in the name Jesus. Uh, in verse 21, the angel tells Joseph that Mary's child is going to be a boy. And the angel instructs them to give him this name, give him the name Jesus. They are spared 
the arduous work that any parent knows of having to come up with a name for this child. I I know some expectant parents right now who would gladly welcome such an angelic intrusion to spare them from having to decide the name for their own child. The angel's point is this child must have a specific name because this child has been born with a specific purpose. And his name explains it all. The name Jesus literally means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. The angel comes and says that Jesus is going to save his people from... Well, you you can read what he's going to save his people from there, can't you? But just imagine for a second that you could block out those last couple of words from that verse. Imagine you covered them up. What would you expect the angel to say? This this God incarnate one has come to save his people from from what? From war, uh, from terrorism, from economic inequality, from from climate change, from global pandemics, from racism. What is it going to be? What is God coming to this world to save us from? Well, we're not left to guess, are we? We're told he's going to save his people from their sin. According to this angelic messenger who speaks on behalf of God, sin is the thing that this world needs saving from. Now, the the problem I'm conscious as I use that word sin, particularly at a time like Christmas, it conjures up for us all those kind of images of those, you know, naughty but nice things that we kind of like to do at this point of year. You know, having one too many mince pies at lunch, you know, and perhaps uh, drinking one too many drinks at the work Christmas party, sneaking a peek at your Christmas present under the tree once everybody else has gone to sleep. We've all done that one, haven't we? We know we have. That's what we think of when it comes to sin at Christmas. But sin is not just something that happens at Christmas, is it? Uh, Earlier this month, uh, the winner of the Oxford English Dictionary Word of the Year for 2022 was announced. And it wasn't just one word, it was a phrase. The phrase was goblin mode. Goblin mode. Maybe you've never heard that phrase before. But they offer a definition of this type of behavior. They say goblin mode is a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Are you familiar with goblin mode? Uh, Now, in a press release that accompanied this announcement, a spokesperson from Oxford Dictionary said, seemingly this word has captured the prevailing mood of individuals who rejected the idea of returning to normal life or rebelled against the increasingly unattainable aesthetic standards and unattainable lifestyles exhibited on social media. Do you get the mood of it? (laughs) It's the mood of saying, I don't care what anybody else thinks I ought to do. I'm going to do what I want to do, what makes me happy. I'm going to live for myself. That's goblin mode. And every single one of us knows that we've lived like that, haven't we? We've all got a dark side. We've all done things that we would not be proud to tell our mums about. And I say that with my mum in the room today. Uh, Living for myself, serving myself, often at the expense of others, well, that's, that's me most days of the year, isn't it? Now, you're in a lawyer, perhaps as you're hearing this, and you think, yeah, goblin, okay, I see it in myself. Perhaps your your inner lawyer is saying, well, fine, what's wrong with that? We're all entitled to a little bit of self-indulgence every now and then. That's not something I need saving from, is it? The problem, you see, though, is that we, as human beings, are God's creatures living in God's world And we have a continual debt of gratitude and obedience 
to our creator. Sin, you see, is a vertical problem much before it is a horizontal problem. You may know the Ten Commandments. Uh, The first commandment, the one which Jesus says is the most important commandment that God gives is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You see, when we go goblin mode, uh, we live only for ourselves. We serve only ourselves. What we are really doing is we're rebelling against the one we are meant to be living for and loving and serving. We're rebelling against the one who puts breath in our lungs and who deserves our complete devotion. We are saying, no, God, I will not be subject to you. And the Bible says that that kind of rebellion, it carries with it a punishment, a penalty, a death penalty. That is, it makes us deserving of God's righteous judgment. Every failure to love and honour our Creator stands to condemn us to a miserable eternity without God. That is where we all stand, every human being before a holy God. We cannot deny that we've done it. We cannot lawyer our way out of it. We cannot cancel it out by doing a bit more good in the future. We all need saving from our sin. And so as the angel on this Christmas morning shares the name of this child born in Bethlehem, it spells good news for people like us, for guilty sinners like you and I, because this child has come to bring God's blessing, not to the people who never sin. He's come to bring God's blessing to sinners like you and I. Isn't that good news? Now, how does Jesus achieve that, this baby lying there in the manger? I think it can all be summed up in one four-letter word that we talk about a lot here at WBC. It's the word swap. That's how Jesus achieved this. 33 years later, if you fast-forward the story of Jesus' life, it would end with him being crucified on a cross outside the city walls of Jerusalem. And as he hung there, the Bible says a great swap is taking place that Jesus is suffering our death that we deserve so that we can have his life that we don't deserve, that he was taking our guilt so we would be given his innocence, that Jesus was being cut off from God so that we could be united in relationship with God. This great swap was taking place. That is why Jesus was born. That is why God shared in our humanity so that he could lock himself into death row for us in our place so that we could go free. Friends, if that is true, it is unquestionably the best gift that you will receive this Christmas. If this is true, then it means that none of us need to face the prospect of a miserable eternity without God. And I know for some people that that's a big if. But let me say, look around you. There are hundreds of people in this room and billions of people across the world who believe that it is true. So maybe that would be something that's worth investigating for you if you have doubts. Friends, if this is true, then happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. You can be freely forgiven. All of your guilt and shame, whatever you've done in your past, can be completely washed away. Judgment no longer awaits you, but instead the warm embrace of God. This is why Christmas. You ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. 
It's just one final thing for us to consider this morning with this angelic announcement. Did you notice that the angel says that Jesus has come to save his people from their sins? Which begs the question, well, am I one of his people? Is that talking about me? I'm going to say to you, friends, it's not a given that you are one of Jesus' people. It's not automatic, but it is wonderfully easy to become one of Jesus' people. There is no subscription fee. There is no background or credit check. It is simply this, believe. Believe and trust that Jesus really is God who shared in our humanity so that he could be the saviour that we need. Believe and his death will be for you. For now, I don't know what comes to mind when you say happy Christmas, but here is a happy Christmas that doesn't depend on your circumstances. Here's a happy Christmas that lasts through the Boxing Day slouch and into January and beyond. Here is a happy Christmas that can't ever be taken away from you, that far outweighs every other kind of happiness, that Jesus has come to release you from your sins and to give you life and freedom forevermore. Happy Christmas. Let me pray. Loving Lord Jesus, we thank you that you entered into this world to be with us and to give your life as payment for our sin. What a gift you have given to us, Jesus, so that we do not need to fear judgment anymore and we can live free and forgiven. God, for anyone who has not yet received that gift, I pray that today might be the day that they believe and trust in Jesus, and so receive the best Christmas gift of all and have happy Christmas after happy Christmas. I ask in your name. Amen.